The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, to the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for a big, scary show. This is Bonnie from the 13th Acre in Monroe, North Carolina, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. This is Mikey Four Eyes from the Mobile Actors United Legion and Truth Paranormal, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Jeff Sean Benson. I'm with Haunts for the Homeless and Truth Paranormal, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Tony Cook from the Honey Pyramids up in Lawndale, North Carolina. You are listening to the greatest show, The Big Scary Show. This is Chris Millsbaugh with Truth Paranormal, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. It's finally here. It is October. It is the mist of haunt season. All the great things are going on. And what a perfect time of year to go on a road trip. That's right, Big Scary Show, episode 273. We're hitting the road. I mean, literally, not even just figuratively. Um, First, we're going to have Badger hit the road, hit some awesome haunts. He's going to uh, give you the lowdown on Deadline News, everything that's going on in the industry. You need to know now as your haunt's going on, as you're trying to get to the best haunts. And he's going to uh, talk to some haunts that are out there. He's going to be uh, stopping by the 13th Acre Haunted House, the Haunted Pyramids. And he might even run into somebody who's got some first-hand knowledge of a iconic modern horror vehicle. That's right, the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers Vehicle. Yeah, that weird-ass truck. Maybe Badger will find out how he keeps getting that registered through DMV. I mean, I got enough problems as it is. How's this guy keep getting those plates rock? Badger might find out for us. 
Meet Hook Jim. Well, he's got a special thing to hit the road that I'll tell you about in a moment for the Roundtable of Terror, but he's also going to be between the corpses. So we'll find out what's going on in all parts of the road there. We'll mosey on down to ask the old crone. Uh, she's going to unleash some banshees and tell us how things are going on at the haunt and in the midst of opening and the build and everything fun with that. I have a killer deal for you in Haunt Minute. But as promised, the Roundtable of Terror, a special road trip, and I mean road trip, for October. Something scary, something amazing, something one of a kind. That's right, me Hook Jim hit the road, took his paranormal team, Truth Paranormal, to Rhode Island, ah, and went to the world-famous Conjuring House to do an investigation. So we're going to talk to Meat Hook Jim, some members of his team, find out what happened there. Does, does Jim believe more in ghosts now? Did, did something happen there? What was the whole experience tonight? How they handle their investigation? And all kinds of fun, spooky stuff about the Conjuring House for an investigation he just completed a couple weeks ago. Really awesome. We got all kinds of great fun for you. The gruesome giveaway, some really kicking tunes when you're uh, traveling and just getting to your haunt. But it's time. It's the haunt season. A special shout out to the Kryptonaut crew and uh, the listeners of that podcast. Hey, guys. Hope everyone's having a great October, a super Halloween. Get out to a haunt and get ready because you're playing Big Scary Show, episode 273, right now. And I want to tell you about Phantom of the Paradise. It's a movie, man, and it's out of sight. It's about a cat who sells his soul for rock and roll. It's a horror story. It's a love story. It's a comedy, all rolled into one phantasmagorical flake. So take it from the Wolfman. Get down with the Phantom of the Paradise. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. <laughs> The old crone has found the best cure for those post-Halloween blues. Head to the legendary haunt tour in Nashville, Tennessee, November 11th and 12th. You'll visit Tennessee's terrifying Slaughterhouse Nashville, Devil's Dungeon, and Haunted Hell. The Miller's Thriller's Haunted Woods and Nashville Nightmare, all in just two nights. Tickets on sale now at legendaryhaunttour.com. I promise you'll either be cured or dead. <laughs> Neil Zaza. Funeral March, Opus 35. On the Big Scary Show.
Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We are live on the road. I am in Monroe, North Carolina at the 13th Acre Haunted Attraction. Been a number of years since I've been here. They had a great haunted trail. Loved going through here. Had to come by and check it out. This is opening weekend for them, and I've got Bonnie, one of the owners out here. How you doing, Bonnie? Hi, doing great. Having a great weekend so far. So you opened on Friday. This is Saturday night. And um, how the crowds have been? I mean, so have they just been dying to get in here, excited. literally? People excited. People want to um, experience fall. The weather's getting cooler. People are super excited, so we're glad that we went ahead and opened up. Having a great time. And, and like Wednesday, it was like 95, and today it's like 75. <laughs> yeah. So so fall is fall, here. Fall, right? Maybe. Everybody loves oh, fall. Oh, God, yes. So for people coming down maybe from Charlotte or Columbia or, you know, Laurenburg, anywhere down 74 or anything like that, and they decide to come to a haunted attraction like this one, you are mostly trail, but you've got some really spooky stuff going on here. Right. So um, one of the things that we love is that we get bigger every year and so we spend a lot of time um, throughout the winter creating the haunts uh, making it better every single year we've gotten bigger every year we're super excited about it one of the things that kind of sets us apart is that we also have um, a combo where you can go to the other side of the farm and do the 1950s soda shop 1800s train car do some things that aren't quite so scary um, and then just take you know rent a bonfire pit or something like that so we have a lot of options when you come out so this is an actual working farm, and is it also right. like an educational farm where you get the school kids to come out and stuff? Yeah, exactly. So we're also an educational farm during the week. We do um, lots and lots of school field trips. We're probably the number one destination for that right now, which is great. Um, but then on the weekends, everything turns scary, and um, we just we love scaring people, and we love the haunt. And you've got pumpkin patches and hay rides on that side and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So um, we have a large pumpkin area. We have a corn maze, we have animals, we have places where people can kind of take a breather after getting scared um, or, you know, just spend a lot of time when you come. So when you come out, you really need to plan to spend at least two hours here. And, and you've got this new thing called the Stomping Grounds over here that seems to be really cool. What is that? So the Stomping Grounds is a waiting area. Uh, we didn't want people waiting in line out, um, in, you know, outside the haunt. And so we created that in 2020 so people could come in and spread out a little bit. We have a DJ, we have axe throwing, we have food concessions, and then we have some of our signature characters walking around that you can actually stop and take photos with. So it gives you something to do while you're waiting. And it seems to be really well well done out there you know we got approached by a couple of the uh, spooky people out there and uh the actors seem to be really good so yeah. it looks like we're going to have a nice spooky season here at the 13th acre as i said if you're traveling around charlotte or monroe or anywhere in the southern half of the central part of north carolina and you want to come out and check this place out what are some websites and social medias great yeah so our website is the 13th acre.com and that's the all, number 13 that is the number 13 uh-huh and then we also have all and that is for our farm side so either one will get you here Oh shucks, I, I assume there's corn involved. <laughs> lots and lots of corn. Uh, yeah. I, I see what you did there. That's great. But go to the 13th, that's 13thacre.com. Come on down to the middle of nowhere Monroe. Well, Monroe's a big town, but out here in the middle of Union County, just south of Monroe. It is a lot of fun here. We're getting ready to go through see some spooky stuff here. So thank you, Bonnie, for taking the time to see us here. This was once again Drew Badger on the road visiting haunts haunt season is finally here and we're at the 13th acres and we're gonna go get scared once again folks for the big scary show drew badger here and we are out 
Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. Greetings, listeners, listeners, and welcome. welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. torso. It's time time for Between between the the corpses. Corpses. Greetings, listeners, and happy October. Meet Hook Jim here, and we're going to talk about some more torture and execution with the pillory. The aim of the pillory was to visit disgrace and shame on criminals in the public gaze. One 20th century wit called it the forerunner of the modern newspaper. A pillory consisted of two parallel boards hinged at one side with a central hole for a neck and two for wrists. Once the two boards were pinned together, it was impossible for the victim to escape. Used in France and the USA, but particularly popular in Britain, pillories usually stood on platforms to give large crowds a fine view. Not only could spectators see the pillory and its captive, they were also within their throwing range. The hurling of garbage, including vegetables, eggs, stones, feces, dead animals, and shells, was considered part of the punishment. The pillory was mostly used during lunch times when the streets were at their busiest to increase the victim's burden. The crowd responded to each case on its own merits. Some offenders were guaranteed a rough ride. In 1756, four Englishmen were put in the pillory for falsely claiming rewards after turning in supposed miscreants. The mob knew that the actions of these men had sent innocent people to the gallows. James Egan was dead before the hour's punishment was up. James Salmon, Stephen McDaniel, and John Barry survived the spell but died from their injuries within days. Anne Marrow was pilloried in 1777 at London's Charing Cross for marrying three women while posing as a man. Her eyes were put out before she was released. Observers noticed that women were most incensed by her activities. Charles Hitchin, accused of sodomy, was sure of his poor reception and bribed the sheriff. Hitchin wore a suit of armor and a blockade of carts surrounding the pillory. But determined members of the mob clambered toward the terrified man. Only reinforcements summoned by the sheriff saved Hitchin's life. Numerous people were saved by determined police constables on duty around the pillory. Some victims won the respect and sympathy of the crowd. Famously, writer Daniel Defoe was clamped into the pillory at Charing Cross in 1703 for pinning a satire against the church. He was showered with flowers rather than rocks. 
The crowd cheered a man pilloried at London's Cheapside for refusing to pay the taxes on a soap in 1738. In 1812, Daniel Eaton was sent to the pillory for publishing Tom Paine, the civil rights advocate. After receiving hearty applause, he was urged to use the pillory to shield his head from the blazing sun. It made the authorities reconsider the use of the pillory for people who had won the hearts of ordinary folk. Two years later, naval hero Lord Cochrane was saved from his sentence of a spell on the pillory by a government fearful of public antipathy. The pillory was, was restricted to those guilty of perjury and subordination after 1816. In 1837, it was abolished entirely in the UK. Five years after it was scrapped in France and two years prior to abolition in the United States. Well, I don't want to be stuck in a pillory. I don't know about you. Catch you on the next episode. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com Music by Midnight Syndicate Hello everyone, it's Drew Badger. This is Deadline News for episode 273. And we're going to start off with some sad news from one of our own. This comes to us via Damon Carson. We are sad to report the passing of Mike Jackson of Mexico, Missouri, who passed away from an aneurysm at the all-too-young age of 49. He helped the JCs do a haunted house in Mexico for a few years and also did a home haunt called the Jackson Cemetery and later helped to do the House of Fright with Damon. Mike loved everything about Halloween and celebrated it every day with a massive horror and other collectibles collection. Everything from Marvel to model cars and Star Wars and more. Mike will be missed. Rest in peace. The Big Scary Show sends its deepest condolences to the friends and family of Mike Jackson and offers up this moment of silence. We have this update to the Scarefest coming to Lexington, Kentucky. Scarefest 14 welcomes Terry Kaiser to Lexington, best known as the deceased but still active Bernie Lomax in the Weekend at Bernie's films, Terry's other memorable roles include Chuck Norris's ill-fated cop partner Dave Pierce in the exciting Eye for an Eye, shady businessman Freddie Barrett in the entertaining science fiction disaster film Starflight, The Plane That Couldn't Land, worthless hoodlum Jesse Hardwick in the superior horror anthology opus From a Whisper to a Scream, sneaky psychiatrist Dr. Cruz in Friday the 13th Part 7 The New Blood, and the evil Count Gunther Spetzel in Mannequin on the Move. Terry has done guest spots on numerous TV shows such as Will and Grace, Walker, Texas Ranger, Baywatch Nights, and more. 
We are very excited to welcome Terry Kaiser to the Scarefest happening October 21st through the 23rd. Get more information and tickets at scarefestweekend.com. We have this from Eagle Hollow Haunts in Eagle, Nebraska. Eagle Hollow Haunts is having a not-so-scary day on Sunday, October 16th from 2 to 5 p.m. But this isn't your run-of-the-mill kids' day. This is for anyone who has ever wanted to go to a haunt but their fears held them back. This is a one-day-only event that will include a guided lights-on tour of night terrors with no scarers where we will point out some of the tricks behind the magic, a guided tour of Luminon, our stunning 3D alien world that will be free of aliens and scares, and as a bonus, a peek inside our makeup trailer to see how we create monsters. This is the perfect bridge from kid event to adult haunted attraction. Tickets are on sale now, or you can purchase on site. More information at eaglehollowhaunts.com. We have this news from Skeleton's Lair Scream Park in Scottsville, Kentucky. Michael Myers Weekend is coming October 14th and 15th at Skeleton's Lair Scream Park. Meet Douglas Tate. He doubled as Michael Myers for James Jude Courtney in Halloween Kills. And he also doubled as Jason Voorhees in Freddy vs. Jason. Plus, he's the Sasquatch in the Jack Link's Beef Jerky commercials. He's one of only two actors to perform the role of Michael Myers and Jason. Your ticket includes the opportunity to meet Doug. There is a charge for autographs, though. We're offering a ticket for a unique in-costume photo opportunity with Doug as Michael or Jason or both. The Myers costume is an exact replica, and the Jason costume is the original screen-worn costume. Get more details and tickets at SkeletonsLair.com. We have an update from Days of the Dead coming to Chicago. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actor Chris Catan to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Chicago, happening November 18th through the 20th at the Crown Plaza O'Hare. Chris Catan was a member of several improvisational comedy and sketch comedy troupes, one of them being the Groundlings in Los Angeles. His father was an original member of the troupe, and he worked on Saturday Night Live from 1996 to 2003, and some of his recurring characters include Mango, Mr. Peepers, Azrael Abyss, and one half of the Butabi Brothers with Will Ferrell. Get more information and tickets at daysofthedead.com. We have this from the Nightmare on 13th in Salt Lake City, Utah. Calling all scaredy cats, Nightmare on 13th is proud to introduce Day Haunts. Tickets are now on sale through our website. Experience Nightmare on 13th's main attraction in full show lighting without the jumps, scares, or actors. Just fun. All the incredible scenery and props will be lit up without things scaring you. It's great for kids families and the Halloween loving scaredy cats out there. Each ticket includes one Nightmare on 13th branded trick-or-treat bag redeemable in our retail shop. Please note, due to the nature of this being a haunted house, the scenery, props, and lower levels of lighting may still be scary, unsettling, or unpleasant for some. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash nightmare on 13th. We have this news from The Haunt in Grand Rapids, Michigan. 
During the month of October, The Haunt will offer a special t-shirt to, to support cancer awareness. The shirts will say, At The Haunt, we wear pink. The shirts are a Gildan 50-50 and are bright pink in color. They are only $25 each and proceeds will be donated to the American Cancer Society on October 31st. We'll announce the total amount of the donation on that day. You can order shirts and pick them up at The Haunt. Get more information at facebook.com slash the haunt we have some news on a ghost tour happening in little five points in atlanta georgia restless spirits haunt these streets hear tales from the spooky side of atlanta on the little five points ghost tour join our clairvoyant tour guides on a mile long one and a half hour trek through the neighborhood's most historic and eerie landmarks Journey through the shadows of Little Five Points in search of long-ago lost souls and their apparitions. On the tour, we hope to encounter Lady Sintana from House of Ravenwood, Seven Stages Ghost, Deacon Lunchbox, Gregory Davis, and more. Don't be afraid to bring a camera. Our most spooky residents are not known for resting quietly. Tours meet at the L5P Community Center parking lot and last through November 6th, setting off once a week at 7 p.m., it will be a scary good time. Money raised from the Little Five Points Ghost Tours benefits nonprofit organizations, and all sales are final. Tickets can be transferred to another date and time if available. Get more information at facebook.com slash L5P Halloween. And finally, we have some sad news from Soul Takers Acres in Warsaw, Indiana. It is with great sadness that we are announcing that Soul Takers Acres Haunted House will not be open for the 2022 haunt season. We would like to thank everyone for your support over the years. However, this year, due to circumstances beyond our control, we will not be open. In our time off, we will be building the haunt to come back for the 2023 season, bigger and better than ever. Please watch our Facebook page for exciting announcements next summer and for our 2023 show dates and times. Happy haunting to all until next year. Keep up with any updates on their Facebook page. Remember folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween or horror industries and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs>
when I found out that uh, Tony at the Haunted Pyramids was bringing in the original Creepers mobile, I guess for lack of a better word, the truck from the movie Jeepers Creepers, I had to come down here and check it out. I've seen it at various conventions and other shows and things, but I've actually got the Creepers cousin with me right now who brought the truck up from parts unknown, shall we say. I believe your name is Mr. Troy. How are you, sir? I'm doing quite well. If you notice, uh, I have kind of a weird sound to my voice when I'm talking. I'm standing here, six foot six, two sixty-five, wearing a full creeper suit, and uh, it's creepy, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why it sounds like I'm talking with something in my mouth. I've got teeth and everything. So uh, excellent, and you you make a hell of a creepy creeper, for lack of a better word. Thank you. I really <laughs> appreciate it. I had uh, Gina. Uh, Gina Phillips and uh, Justin Long, the brother and sister from the original movie, tell me I actually was creeping them out at one of the conventions <laughs> I worked at. So that made me feel really awesome. So. Oh, you, you got to love the fact that you can creep people out like this. So Jeepers Creepers, great movie, great series of movies. You know, a lot of fun. And, of course, that truck is just a huge, huge part of it. What kind of truck is it? How long did it take to modify? And how did you come about getting this truck? This was an actual screen-used vehicle. That's correct. This uh, truck, there was three trucks built for the original movie. One uh, was the prototype truck that was used in the static filming scenes of the original movie. Truck two was my truck, and it was designed to put with all the most details. So it had set dressing in the back, and it was the truck that Jonathan Breck picked up the policeman's body, opened the doors up, put the body in, shut the doors, opened the doors up, tossed the head in. And then... uh, they used it for some other things, but it's the one that had the most detail in the movie. And the third truck was a chase truck you see in the driving scenes. That truck was just basically a hull. It had a engine and transmission in the backside of it, no set dress or anything. It was just basically, they called it a sweat box because it was so hot. They just Every time they'd pull it over, they'd open all the doors and windows up just because it was just so hot. Oh, I, I don't doubt that at all. So you have the most detailed number two out of the three vehicles. That's correct. And, you know, I assume you take this out to conventions and shows and car clubs and things all the time. What, what is the reaction of people when you come pulling up in one of these things? Do you drive it in? Do you have to haul it in? How does that work? I uh, have a hauling. Uh, it's basically a wrecker on a trailer that I haul the creeper truck everywhere on. Uh, and it's a, a lot of fun riding down the road because I have advertising on the spare tires screen used jeepers creepers movie truck and it's got the social media for the truck so everybody goes crazy when i'm riding down the road the biggest thing is people have their phones out snapping pictures it's a lot of fun because i have an, an actuator where that i can actually set the horn off so uh, a few times i've pulled up the stoplights and stuff and people have been like looking and staring and i hit the horn and it just sets off and everybody <laughs> just goes crazy it's a lot of fun oh man i can only imagine it and i imagine it's kind of loud too it is. It's uh, two ninety decimal uh, horns. I've got. Uh, I've gotten a kind of a sponsorship by the company that makes the horns. And if you go to their website, you can actually watch the video of me setting the horn off with the truck. They eat it up. So it's it's pretty awesome connection I've made with them. Very nice. And I know you mentioned Jonathan Breck before. Jonathan's been on our show before. Our own Meat Hook Jim has interviewed him. And just a really nice guy. Um, how much interaction did you have or do you have with him at shows? Do you always, you know, appear at shows together or separately or or how does that work? I've gotten uh, several shows coming up. I'll be working with them. Uh, for years, I've actually been emailing them back and forth since about 2003, 2004. Um, but uh, a few times when they were filming, like they were filming Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers 3, uh, one of my buddies out in California that owns the other truck, 
uh, he told Jonathan that I said, hey, and Jonathan, oh, I, I re- he recognized the name and stuff. But this will be the actual first show that uh, we've actually reuniting Jonathan and the Creeper Truck coming up. And I have another show coming up down in December that we'll be at with uh, some of the other cast as well. Excellent. Well, I know you're going to have a good time here at the Haunted Pyramids. So many people love coming to this place year after year. And even while we were setting up for the interview, you had people here waiting to get in line and get pictures and everything. So I know that's going to be a fun night for you. Um, where are you and Jonathan appearing over the next few weeks? So if you're, you know, I assume you're you're based in the southeast. So I assume you kind of keep it into the local southeast, mid-Atlantic area. But um, this show's going to air, I believe, on the 9th. So anytime after the 9th, I know you, you've already talked about appearing at Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky sometime in October. Where are you going to be doing these appearances? Uh, pretty much if you look at the first week, the first weekend in October, I'm here at the, the Pyramids. The second weekend, I'll be at uh, J.C.'s Fright Mirror in great, basically uh, Great Falls, South Carolina. Third weekend, I'll be at Lake Hickory Haunts in Hickory, North Carolina. Fourth weekend, of course, will be Scarefest. Following up the fifth weekend, I'll be at the Hex Haunted Attraction in Ellison, Virginia. Oh, man. That sounds like And a- then in December, I'll be back down where they filmed the original movie. Uh, in uh, right There's a Danella, Florida, where they filmed the movie, but there's Ocala, Florida, is right outside of that. Yes. And they'll be, uh, we'll be up there at the... Uh, uh, equestrian center up there at one of the main expo centers up there set up for the uh that uh it's called uh, christmas edition of spookala oh man i've heard of that and never been down to it but i hear it's kind of fun so for people wanting more information maybe to check the schedules again see what um what they can do about meeting you i know you and jonathan will be making a couple of appearances are there websites or social medias where people can get more information follow your uh your appearance schedule and all things Jeepers Creepers, truck number two. Absolutely. Uh, the connection, as far as all the social media for the truck, just remember the Creepers truck. The Creepers truck. And it's real easy. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. I do stuff all the time. There's actually a couple on the YouTube channel. I have some interviews where I actually uh, I crashed an interview with uh, uh, Gina Phillips. They were filming the interview in the back of the truck, and I come up and crashed the interview dressed as a creeper and scared her. It was a lot of fun. Did you hit the horn? I did hit the horn. Ah, nice. That that scared her. She actually jumped. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once again, folks, check out The Creeper's Truck on Instagram, TikTok, all the social medias. Troy, it's a pleasure to speak to you here on The Big Scary Show. I wish you nothing but success for the month of October, which no doubt is super busy for you. It very well is. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Once again, folks, we're out here at the Haunted Pyramids in Lawndale, North Carolina, having a great time. It is just the beginning of haunt season. we got a lot more interviews and a lot more places to go, but right now we're just hanging at the pyramids. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we're out. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the month of October, the greatest month of the year, and therefore the greatest opportunity for you to win with the gruesome giveaway for the month of October sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com Be sure to get over to Screamline Studios and pick up all your Halloween supplies before it's too late. Now you know, being October, we're going to give away something very special from Screamline Studios. And as a bonus, we're going to include a very special mystery gift. So if you're interested in winning not only a great prize from Screamline, but our very special mystery gift, 
All you have to do is email us, bsscontest at gmail.com, with your name, your number, and the answer to the question I'm about to ask. The answer is in the show, so if you think you know it, be sure to enter, because you can't win if you don't enter. Now, without further ado, the October gruesome giveaway question is... During my interview with the Creeper's cousin, he talked about the number of trucks that were made for the Jeepers Creepers movies. How many trucks were made, and which truck does the Creeper's cousin own? If you think you know the answer to that, email us bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on October 17th and you will have the opportunity to win a great prize from Screamline Studios, plus a very special mystery gift. Previous winners and family members of The Big Scary Show are not eligible to win? Good luck, folks. And of course, thank you to Screamline Studios. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> The Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, that music does mean that it is time for the Round Table of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. It is Halloween. Haunt season is upon us. Everybody get out and support your local haunts. I've been visiting a few. We hope you have been visiting a few. But, you know, there's more than one type of haunted house out there. You know, we've got the ones that we like to talk about, pay a few bucks, go in and get scared. And, of course, we touch on it from time to time. There are the quote-unquote real haunted houses out there. And if you've been listening to the show over the past few months, you may have heard Meat Hook Jim talk about he got an invite or has applied to go visit the Conjuring House in Burlville, Rhode Island to do a paranormal investigation with his group, Truth Paranormal. Well, he has gone and done that, and being this is Halloween season, and we all like to talk about ghosts and monsters and scary things, we might as well touch a little bit on the paranormal and find out what exactly happened when Truth Paranormal went to the Conjuring House. Some of his team members are with us here, as well as Jim, but let's 
bring on our guest here in the Cincinnati area. We have Mikey Reynolds. How you doing, Mikey? Good, guys. How you doing? Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Somebody, somebody I haven't seen in many, many years. I believe the last time was at Midwest about seven or eight years ago. Jeff Benson from Plainfield, Connecticut. Are you with us? Yes, sir. I'm here. Oh, How very nice to see you again, sir. And we couldn't, and of course, we couldn't do this without Meat Hook Jim's spouse, the lovely Lady of Darkness, Chris. How are you? Well, I am fine. Thank you. Very nice to see you there. As well as our regular host, speaking of Rhode Island, we have Storm, who lives up there. Woohoo! Everything's haunted here, and we're going to find out why. <laughs> nice. As we have mentioned several times already, down in Cincinnati, we have the aforementioned Meat Hook Jim. Storm, you need to book a night over there. Probably. Also- I've, I've, I've never actually done a, 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 um, an investigation. My lo- wife loves doing it, but I've, I've never been on one uh, for various reasons. But yeah, it's, 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 it's probably a must. The uh, old John of the old crone could not make it tonight. She is getting ready to open her own haunt, Banshee Manor, out in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Be sure to go check her haunt out if you're in that area. My name is Drew Badger. I'm down in Charlotte, drying out a little bit after Hurricane Ian hit a few days ago. We got a lot of rain and a lot of branches down, but we certainly want to wish all our friends and listeners in Florida and Georgia and everywhere else that got hit harder than we did. We hope you guys are drying out and you're all safe and sound. But let's talk about The Conjuring House. It is a quote-unquote haunted house up in Rhode Island. It's somewhat famous, pretty legendary among paranormal investigators. And I'm just going to let Jim kind of take over here, but I'm going to ask you the first question. How did you guys get invited? Did you have to fill out an application? How did you guys wind up getting the opportunity to investigate the conjuring house it was purely by accident i came across a website that talked about conjuring house investigations i don't know how i did it but it's like oh and i sent a message to chris and she's like you haven't signed us up yet i talked with some friends of mine and i mean they were booking way out i mean when i first found it I didn't have the money because it's like on a weekend investigation at the time you had to have six people at 125 bucks a person and you had to pay half of it up front. So I kind of, I kind of sat on it because, but they had openings like at the end of July of that year. Well, by the time I got around to it, what a mistake that freaking was. (laughs) Next thing I find out there's no opening until September 9th of 2022. So it's like, so I, I got a hold of my buddy. I said, get your credit card and let's do this. I said, I'll take care of you when I fix, when I fix whatever I had to fix. He said, let's do this. He says, sure. No problem. Cause I want to do this too. So we booked, we booked September 9th, 2022, 15 months before we actually went 15 right. months. And, and the next thing, you know, I mean, it's like, poof, it, it, it's gone and we're done. Also, the weird thing in that period is uh, they changed ownership in that, too. They did. They did. Yeah. And and they have made some changes uh, reflecting <laughs> that ownership as well. Um, 
quite frankly, actually, they've loosened some rules about, uh, you know, putting stuff on on the Internet, where at first, you know, I had a friend of mine that's investigated several times told me that if you do this or this, um, they, they, they could sue you for X amount of dollars for broadcasting something that's not right about the house. But uh, I didn't see any of those rules in place at the time, and they were they were pretty lax about everything. So, but on the same token, the new owner of the house is it has changed things a little bit, where people can't stay there after they've done after they're done investigating. They have to go, uh, and they vary the prices a little bit and uh, the amount of people per night. But it all makes sense. I mean, she paid one point five million dollars for this house. I mean, come on, she's got to make some money back, right? That's crazy money right there. But I guess you pay for the price of being famous. Who knows? So um so you get the so you get accepted. You you go the weekend of September 9th. What kind of stuff do you bring? What kind of things do you use when you investigate places like this? What kind of equipment and all that stuff? That's the funny thing because once we knew we were doing this, we started investing in more equipment. Uh, a lot more equipment, actually. Uh, previously, t- uh, prior to this, we had, you know, a couple of EMF meters, a couple of non-contact thermometers, a couple of night vision cameras, uh, a couple of pocket recorders, uh, and that was probably about the extent of it, right, Chris? Sure. You know, I, I mean, just spitballing there, but. <laughs> This was serious, so we started looking where we could invest money and equipment and um insert trombone sad sound here because our bank account was feeling it. (laughs) But we ended up purchasing an eight camera night vision (laughs) DVR system, which really comes into play in our investigation. We bought a thermal imaging camera. Oh. something i've always wanted um but you know not exactly cheap <laughs> um what else did we buy we bought new a couple of new camcorders multiple security um alarm systems right we've got motion sensors we got like eight motion sensors for you know in various parts of the house we got rem pods we've got <laughs> um <laughs> We got night vision binoculars. We've got two trail cams. I mean, we're loaded for bear, basically. <laughs> Just it goes on and on and on. The parabolic dish. Yeah, we've the walkie got talkies. Yes. The numerous recorders extra that we bought. The um oh my gosh. Just it seemed every week we were getting three or four new pieces of equipment in. Until I finally had to put my foot down and said, enough, (laughs) $4,000 later. But, but, I'm in the process of building an SLS camera. Describe what an SLS camera is, dear. An SLS camera tracks figure movement. Um, If you've ever watched Ghost Adventures with uh, old Zach Bagans, and they have that camera where they have the stick figures that are moving. I've seen that. That's an SLS camera. Ooh, okay. I'm in the process of building one. 
Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to get the tablet working right now as we speak. Right. Once we get the tablet working, uh, then I can load the software. And by next weekend, I should have a functional SLS camera. That sounds great. Uh, Mikey, when you heard that you were going to Rhode Island to do the Conjuring House, what was your reaction? And do you have your own equipment as well? I do not have my own equipment. Um, but I was I was skeptical at first, but then I was um, enthusiastic. It was very, I was very excited after I was like, oh, this is, you're joking with me, right? Like I could actually go and do an investigation at the actual conjuring house. I'm like, nah, this is, this, this is made up. Come on. And then bam, it hit me and I was excited. It was, it was, it was a different experience. It was not my first investigation, but it was my first investigation where things have happened. And we will get into that in a moment, but uh, Jeff, you're up in Connecticut, one state over. Um, what kind of stuff do you have? Do you do investigations up in that area normally, or what was your reaction when you heard that the team was coming up that way? I was, I was very excited, uh, to be asked. Um, I don't have a lot of equipment. I, I, I stopped doing it about 20 years ago. So I went out and bought a couple of, uh, expensive or not, well, not expensive anymore, but, uh, use digital cameras um to bring with me and but i mostly just use my phone because it has a great uh mm -hmm. uh great night vision and not you know low light lens on it so but i that, assume go ahead oh no go ahead <laughs> i was I just gonna sorry okay very very cool though i mean uh, you know i've never been on an investigation so i wouldn't know the first thing about what to what to procure for that but uh, so the team goes up to Rhode Island. Jeff, are you hosting them or you guys just get a hotel and hang out and make some kind of a game plan, so to speak, as to what you were going to do? Or did you just like show up at the house and start unloading equipment? They had a they had a, uh, a motel room, I guess. And I didn't know how close by they were to me. And they posted on Facebook that they were at this cafe that's right up the street from me and i saw that i'm like oh my god i you know rushed out of the house got in the car drove up there met him at the bar um yeah they were they were uh maybe two miles away from me mm -hmm. overnight and yeah. uh before they left and i just uh met him up there the next day or the next night I, I just like i turn around there's jeff it's like what are you doing here he says i just live a couple of miles away but yeah, it's like it was cool to hang out with Jeff that night. We had fun. It was kind of creepy when I first met him because he looked very much like somebody else I know. But I'm gonna assume this is my trademark. But yeah, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> just, he just looks like somebody else in the wrestling world I know. You can go ahead and say it. It was David Barnabas Specter. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, Be before we get Blackheart, into. <laughs> Before we get into some details of it, what is it about the Conjuring House that, you know, had such appeal to each of you? Is it because it's famous? Is it a location or, or was something drawing you to it? Hmm. With me, I, I'd have to say that 
<clears throat> the appeal of investigating someplace that's got a history like that is, is really what drew me to it. Um, I was always the hopeful skeptic. I'm always looking for that 100% proof that this is that it's real. And honestly, I have to say, after the investigation there, I, I am 100% be a believer now. You know, I, 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 it, the paranormal exists. I'm pro I have proof of it. I felt proof of it. Yeah. I I'm a hundred percent behind it. You know, there, there is life after death. There is the other veil. Uh, there are people on the other side. Yes. Most interesting. Well, this would be an excellent time to take a quick break to remind you that you are listening to the round table of terror here on the big scary show with our very special guests, Mikey Reynolds, Jeff Benson, and Chris Millspa who went up and investigated the Conjuring House, along with our very own Meat Hook Jim, along with our regular host, minus the old crone. We're going to take a very short break, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots. Variable ticket types. Bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the round table of terror. We are talking about truth paranormal investigating the conjuring house with our special guests, Mikey Reynolds, Jeff Benson, and Chris Millspa, our normal host minus Jana and Jim. Let, let's just go ahead and get the stories. What the heck happened? You pull up. I'm assuming you're doing this overnight. It's probably getting dark outside. I don't know how long you have to investigate a house like this. But you pull up, you see the house, what happens? And, you know, guests, if you have something to bring up, please bring up whatever happened. Well, let, let me tell you, um, everybody was excited, you know. Uh, we had five people in our car, and then Jeff came separately. Uh, we had uh, not only Mikey and Chris and myself, but we had Ken Allen and uh, professional wrestler Shauna Reed um with us and we we put in the we put in the thing in into ways so we could drive to the house because our hotel was probably what about 30 minutes away thereabouts okay so yeah. we drive into the house and you know we're in massachusetts we're in massachusetts we're in massachusetts like okay all of a sudden there's the state line and boom there's the house now you would think because you if you've seen any of the specials like Ghost Adventures or a highly recommended documentary called The Sleepless Unrest, it's on Prime Video. Uh, and a team spends two weeks at this house. And it's a very good show. Um, it also features the previous owners who still have a hand in what's going on. And I'll get to that in a second. But you think there's all this acreage, right? No, it's in the middle of a neighborhood. Now. Now, yes. 
I mean, it's in the middle of a neighborhood. If I mean, if you've watched, like I said, Ghost Adventures or The Sleepless Unrest, it still looks like it's out there, but it's not. It's in a neighborhood. It's a older neighborhood, but it's a neighborhood nonetheless. It is not as big as it used to be, and it's not. And I'm sure that a lot of the land there used to be part of the original farmland that belonged to the house. They still own about eight acres of it. Right. Uh, and the house does not have any paint on it. They stripped it down to the natural wood. But let me tell you something. You want to talk about a well-constructed house? Wow. How, how well-constructed could it be? I mean, everything was solid in that house. And it was built in the 18th century. 1686. 17th century. But that's when it started again. Sorry. I mean, you go down into the basement, and that is a solid flooring that's up there with trusses and everything. It's not going anywhere for another two, three hundred years. That's how well constructed it is. But anyway, I, I digress. We got there, and we met. Now, the previous owners used to be, uh, Chris, remind me, help me with their names. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh what type of previous owners? How recent or back uh, in the day? Uh, Madison and oh, um, Heidson, right? Corey and Jen and Madison Heidson. Yes, um, they are the previous owners who sold it to the current owner, but they still do the um, overnight investigations. There's a a part of the house that used to be a woodshed that's been. Yeah. Considered caretakers. I'm sorry to in interrupt, but they're considered the caretakers there. Madison will stay there about once a week, uh, one week out of the month, and she runs the gift shop. Um, and Jen Moore handles the overnight tours right. with Madison. Right. Uh, and they do have cameras, uh, and they've got the right to have cameras. You know, it's it's their it's her house. I mean, it's their they're in charge of the house. Um, but it was nice to see the previous owners still having a hand in this. And they were very knowledgeable about the house. And what they do is once we had everybody there, once we had a whole team there, they took us on a tour of the house and explained certain things without telling us too much, if that makes sense. Uh, and there's things that we found out. And there's a reason why she didn't say too much. And we found out later on in the night, but we'll get to that. Um she told us just enough to get, you know, to get the, the juices flowing. It's like, Oh, we want to do this. Okay. So after the tour, um, they both went into the, um, caretakers quarters and the rest of the house was ours for the, from it, at this point, we got there at seven o'clock. We got done about eight 30. Setting up. Uh, well, then we had to set up, but we got done with the tour and everything. Uh, let me, let me back you up a little bit, honey. I'm sorry to, to correct your timeline. We were done with the tour about 7.45. About you. 8 o'clock, we started setting up. By 9 o'clock, we were done. Okay, thank you. Um, I stand corrected, and you know she, she's got time better than I do anyway. I, I suck with time. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the house again. Well, now, you're, now I've completely lost my train of thought. Keep going. 9 o'clock on. All right, nine o'clock. Uh, we had set up seven of the eight cameras. 
the house consisted of basically eight rooms uh with only room well nine rooms if you count the kitchen but the only room we didn't put a camera in was in the dining room because that's where we set up uh central that's where we had uh the monitor with all the cameras on it and that's that was where everybody would come to for things and you know we had walkie talkies with earpieces so you know you weren't getting any tainted evidence that way because people were being very quiet on those but it, it wasn't i mean we were still setting up the cameras at one point in time and there was this huge bang near the kitchen nobody <coughs> nobody except for me and ken were in the dining room everybody else was either upstairs or downstairs <coughs> correct go ahead correct me please Please. No, I was I was in the dining room with you guys. Okay, thank you. That that's why I'm asking. Okay, please you keep in mind though every, that no matter where you were in the house, even downstairs in the basement, you could hear things all over the house. Now, right. though, it's harder to hear things from upstairs in the basement. This could have been heard in the basement since it was only one floor up that this sound would have happened. But it it was startling. Um, yeah, very. But then I I mean that was the beginning, and once we got all the cameras set up, we were only about what five, ten, fifteen minutes into the investigation. We had a team down in the basement, and we had a team upstairs. Correct. Yes. Yeah, in the basement was me, Ken, and Shauna. Right. Chris and Jeff, you guys were upstairs? We were at some point, yeah. Uh, I, I know I we were. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I'm trying to remember where you and I were. We were all over the place. Maybe we took, well, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, you and I were upstairs in that middle bedroom and all those. Right. Uh, when everything started. Happening. Yeah, the orbs. Orbs, there you go. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I can never remember that. Um, and then, I think we had the whole team somewhere in the middle of the house, right? At all, all at once. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, I got something over the walkie-talkie about Mikey, and I'm going to let Mikey take it from there. So, me, Shauna, and Ken were uh, setting up the motion sensors and all that in the basement, and getting the cameras and everything ready. And uh, Shauna had a camera honor and we were in the basement and uh jim was in the library which was in the, also in the center of the house he was uh doing a uh i don't know what he was doing he was filming something and then chris and jeff were up in the middle bedroom i think that's and what i was referring to having all of the team members somewhere in the middle of the house um having referred to the middle top middle bedroom mm -hmm. the library and then the basement, right. all three rooms aligned in the middle of the house. Right. Right. And me and Ken were down there and then, or excuse me, Shauna um, met up with us and she walked down. There were two flights of stairs that there was one on one side by the kitchen. And then there was a stairway 
coming in from where the front door and all that is the living area living room or something and we were i was in the middle and i put a sensor where the well room is there was there's a, a a spot in the house which is the middle of the house in the basement where there was a quote unquote well down there and i come out of that room and i felt this really weird burning um, painful sensation on my side, my right side. And there was a scratch going up my back, up or down my back. It was three, it was three lines. And I, I've read places where three lines, if you get scratched, there's three lines. That means something. I really don't remember what it is called. I know Jim and Chris know about that. And I know Jeff does as well, but it was, I got scratched down in the basement and it, I would not go down in that basement the rest of the night. I was like, nope, no, sir. In some circles, it's the mocking of the Trinity. Jeff? Yes, I agree. It's not a good thing. <laughs> no, it's uh, more of a demonic thing, but you are correct. And there's not some semblance of a well. It is actually an, uh, a former well of the house. Okay. We never checked inside the well either. Yeah. It has nope. happened. It's been investigated before. I should have figured a way to drop a camera down there. That's why yeah. I brought the Ziplocs, dear, and the rope. Well, tell you what, Mikey, if he ever goes back there, Mikey will not go down in that basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikey, yes, you will. <laughs> but, you know, aside from the basement, there was a lot of activity going on ar ar around the house. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, right now, I'm still reviewing the video, and it's going very slow because I've got seven cameras to go through. And we he won't share. And we were there. We started recording at like nine eight nine p.m., and I stopped at like five a.m. And that's yeah. when we started so breaking down. Hours worth of video camera work. Right. Um, I can tell you some things I've seen on the cameras. I just have to find them in the recordings. Uh, I tried to record times, but I got distracted a lot. And there's there's one thing we in one of the rooms upstairs, and all the upstairs rooms were the kids' rooms. <clears throat> we had a toy car up there. And I don't know how long it had been up there, but I came downstairs and Mikey looked at it. He says, that car's moved. It's not in the same place. And then Chris confirmed it, that that car was not in the same place. I'm the one that placed it originally. Right. So I'm waiting to find that footage to see how the car gets from point A to point B. You know, I mean, this is, it's not a, it's not a quick process and it's, it gets a little boring at times, but there's still more to talk about. I mean, in this investigation and we, I mean, we're what, maybe halfway through at this point, right? Oh, sure. Well, um, we didn't even get to some parts that were before we even set the cameras up. Right. Like, um, well, mention something, Mikey. Well, we uh, went it, it, me, uh, K 
Kayla. Me, Shauna, and Ew, was, it, was, was it Ken? Me, Shauna, and Ken were in the third bedroom where the two uh, uh, twin beds are. Right. And uh, Chris uh, put one of the cat the cat sensor balls in there with the with the car and the toy that you mentioned before the the car that move and Kayla was talking to excuse me was talking to one of the kids in there and the ball kept lighting up and kept moving and we weren't we weren't moving you know no one was moving no movement was made and that ball was lighting up and everything like it was sitting still and I and it started moving and that was before the cameras you know started rolling in that room but we do have footage on my phone with that of it moving and Kayla talking to it and Chris talking to it saying hey if you're in here can you move this you know I need that footage I will send that to you ASAP thank you and you know and, and the the whole time when you know back down when i went to the kitchen to get the water and everything like you mentioned before jim when you jeff and ken were uh getting the cords and everything taped down getting the monitor and everything ready you know i was getting water for people you know and all of a sudden there was a loud boom on the door and i thought it was ken playing a joke on me because you know i'm 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 skittish. I'm jumpy. I'm I'll admit that. And <laughs> I thought they were playing a joke and I got mad. I'm like, Ken, will you quit effing with me? And you dare? Ken. No. Huh? Yeah, of course. I'm a Han actor and I get scared. That's ridiculous. And, and you know, and Ken was like, it wasn't me. And you know, I heard Jeff on the other side of the room saying it wasn't him. And you know, I come out and I look through the doorway and it's like, you know. Ken was on the ground the whole time and it's like things were happening before the cameras were even rolling and it was oh it was it was so it was fun but man you want to talk about scaring the crap out of me (laughs) it did I'm a I'm a full believer well you know strange things all night I got to tell you guys um and there's more to go believe me but I was kind of curious about Mikey's experience. And uh I decided I was going to do an experiment and I was going to go down to the well room. So I went down to the well room and Chris went with me. And we sat down in the well room. And Jeff and Ken. And Jeff and Ken, thank you. So I that you know, we had what four of us there. And then all of a sudden, I started feeling a burning sensation. I got up and walked out into the main hallway of the basement. And Chris came over, and I had scratches on my back. Not as clean as Mikey's. They weren't the Trinity per se, but they were still... They were. They just weren't as clear. Mikey's was bleeding. Yes, it was. But whereas, you know, it scared Mikey, and I understand why it did. I mean... And I don't fault We're more him practice than he is, though. I I don't fault him for that. For me, it was almost like okay, now I have proof on you, and I'm good with that. That's the way I felt about it. It's like this is what I've been looking for. This cannot be explained in any other way, shape, or form other than a ghost, or 
or a spirit of some sort. A spirit of some sort, yes. But for some reason, something did that to me. In the same position on his back, by the way, lower right flank. Yep. In the back. Um, there is uh, another person that's investigated the house several times that said it might have been done by an entity called Crooked Neck. So I'm trying to, I'm going to try to find out more information about Crooked Neck. Hmm. I never heard that one. Uh, I haven't either, but uh, she says that's the name of the entity. If anybody has that kind of information about Crooked Neck, please feel free to. Uh right into the hosts of the big scary show and they'll tell you how to get in touch with them at the end of the show. Um, please feel free to let us know any information that you may have about him, by the way. Yes, that would be, that would be appreciated. Definitely. But, uh, you know, there, there was, I mean, we're still, we've got so much going on. I mean, we all stayed up all night. I mean, I, I admit at like one or two o'clock, I had to have some coffee, but um, the hosts were gracious enough to have coffee and a coffee maker in the kitchen for us and some light snacks. I mean, I think Shauna, <laughs> Shauna had most of their pretzel sticks. <laughs> I think we should have left money behind for the amount of pretzel sticks she ate. Yeah, she ate quite a few. Every time I turn around, she had one in her mouth. It's like. And they were the big, thick ones, too. It's like, are you compensating for something? <laughs> Stop it. Jeff. <laughs> 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 now, I, I, I'm going to say this. and Okay, go ahead. Well, we, we had our share of spooks and startles in the night. Shadow figures being seen by some of the, the 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 crew members and uh <clears throat> miss having been seen on the cameras orbs being seen you know there was several investigations in the we keep bringing up the middle rooms the middle of the house okay now our findings we all came to the same conclusion is that the middle of the house seems to us to have been the most active both the middle on the top floor middle bedroom on the top floor the middle on the main floor being the parlor and the library mm -hmm. and the middle in the basement being the well room which had a table set up, which is where Mikey was scratched, which is where Jim was scratched. Okay. That sends a center straight up. I keep disappearing when I use my hands. I apologize. I'm not doing anything mystical here. I promise. <laughs> um, it just sends a straight up through the center of the house. And I personally believe it has something to do with the well in the basement of the house, sending energy straight up through the middle of the house. However, now again, if anybody has an opinion on that, please feel free to write the host, the host of the big scary show and offer your opinion or your findings on that matter. Where was I going with this? Well, uh, one of the things you did mention, which uh, you guys hadn't mentioned before, I'm really interested in, uh, okay. you know, scratches is is 
incredible evidence and, and a very, very interesting thing. But I think it buried the lead. You guys saw shadow people or shadows? Uh, please, uh, what was that about? We did see shadows. Or I should say a couple of us saw shadows on the cameras. I'm not sure. I, I, I can't speak for the others that have seen shadows um, personally. Now, um, I got a couple of feelings here and there throughout the house, but unfortunately, I did not have um, any personal experiences of seeing anything on cameras or having anything happen to me personally in the house. Um, well, I'll go into that in a minute. Um, however, when I, I talked to my daughter the next day, my daughter's a little psychic, a little, let me say this, she's short. So she's a little and she's psychic. So she's my little psychic. Um, the very next morning she told me, and I hadn't gone to sleep for over 24 hours. Keep this in mind. Um, I'm sitting outside. I'm still very energized. Um, I'm pacing in the parking lot of the hotel. Everybody had gone back to the hotel and just passed right out. Um, and, and she couldn't wait to tell me that all night long she was up and she had a feeling that a man spirit, a male spirit was following me throughout the house, which is perhaps why I wasn't bothered by any of the spirits that were there or any of the entities that were perhaps affecting people like Jim and Mikey or anyone else that may have had the sighting of this, the shadow figure or of the crooked neck man or, or the orbs or anything like that. Um, but here I am going to embarrass myself and Jeff, you're welcome to join in, please. Well, it's about, in the library. <laughs> <laughs> I was a victim here. Come on. <laughs> okay. The first time I'm going to experience, I'm going to, um, embarrass myself and myself alone. Um, I was ramped up. I was energized. I walked on the property and I immediately became very, very, very energized. And I took on that library full force by myself. And I was in that library. I was by myself and I was asking questions, doing a solo EVP um, session. And I sat down on this ottoman Little did I know just how movable or how pliable the wood flooring was in this house. And there were investigators in the top middle bedroom walking around. And I had asked a question and I had asked the spirits to make something move to show me that they were there, in fact, talking to me. And somebody stepped just right on the floorboards above the two doors that led into the library or on the hinges or the, the board supporting these two doors that led into the library. They stepped just right so that the doors moved. Me being the well-oiled machine that I am in terms of paranormal investigations, I've been doing it for years. I am so well versed in this that it's really hard to scare me. And you can tell Jim can tell you, I don't get scared or startled easily, Jim. 
Okay, don't speak. They can't hear you nodding. I plead the fifth. Okay, well, I don't. But let me tell you, I was out of there like a shot, a bullet out of a gun. Um, and then, of course, I felt very sheepish and went right back in there and I said, good one, guys. Thanks. Okay. Now, here we go, Jeff. Jeff and uh-huh. I, we're both just talking and we're trying to get these spirits to talk to us. We're doing an EVP session. We're, we're trying very hard to get this evidence. Well, one of my investigators pulled a fast one on me, and I'm not saying it was Jeff. It was Ken. Ken, if you're listening to this, it's your fault. It's all your fault. And I can hear Mikey in the background giggling. Ken put one of our REM pods on a windowsill in the library. So it was Ken with the REM pod in the library. He is the guilty one. But he didn't tell anybody else he put it in there. Well, one thing else I didn't realize is that when I keyed my mic on my walkie-talkie, it also set off the REM pod. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. That seems problematic. Yeah. Ever hear the expression? Ever hear the expression, an unstoppable object against an immovable object? Well, I was not the immovable object that night because she went right through me <laughs> once that thing got off. No, she went right up you. <laughs> I tried not only it was like I wasn't even there. And through him, he did not move. <laughs> and then we both started laughing uncontrollably because I was like, well, Jeff, I am totally sorry that I tried, tried to meld with you in that same right. spot in that same Excuse me for being in your way. He said that exact. Well, Jeff, I'm Jesus. sorry. I didn't know Jeff very well beforehand, but well, I know him very well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and needless to say, I was so embarrassed. You were just a tad startled. I didn't expect the thing that I didn't know was there to go off. Sure. <laughs> did you did you even know no. It was there? no i mean i saw the no. lights or whatever but i i didn't know i didn't was. even know the lights were there my back was to the damn thing <laughs> <laughs> so chris you did, led the way what can i say <laughs> so chris do you think some of this um is, it was just jitters and traveling or is sure. did do you think it is part of uh, the experience with the house? And you you talked about your daughter's sensing an entity or something. Did you did you f- you know get that type of feeling? Any type of oppression or, or just something weird about it that would cause you to you know well, react this way to investigating and that type of thing? Because it's well, you know it's it, it's technically what you went there to go see, what to find. You 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 asked for something to happen and it happened and it startled you. Do, do you find I, that? Honestly, I'll tell you, we left at four o'clock in the morning from here in Hamilton and I drove the entire way. And then I stayed up all night investigating. And then I didn't go to bed until after we got back to the hotel after 8 a.m. So I guess with my expectations of something happening in this house, and my desire, my need, my 
my love for the paranormal. I guess I was a little high strung. <laughs> so when this unknown object made a sound behind me that was not of the paranormal, but a high screeching wailing alarm, my butt decided that it needed to meld with Jeff. I, I'm not normally scared, startled, or anything like that. But that high-pitched squeal sent my butt in gear. And that just, I don't mean to make light of it, but my butt had other ideas. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. I think that's part of the thing with modern investigations like this, why all this equipment you guys have invested in that are used, uh, what different, um, you know, investigators are developing for equipment and stuff is, is such a neat aspect and goes with it because yeah, you could, you could say, oh yeah, it's fatigued and, you know, it's just a different experience, a lot of excitement about house and stuff, but you add in the equipment and, and, you know, other, other things to help measure it. And it doesn't take away or give anything to it, but it can help show, all right, maybe it was something more than that. Maybe, you know, the fatigue channeled something that it, it could, you know, affect a little bit more. And you have this other equipment to try and, um, you know, measure it and everything. That, I think that's one of the neatest parts with it. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys are still very early in the um, uh, analyzing all the, um, the data and everything you guys picked up over it. Uh, and did you guys hear... Uh, one of my favorites is EVPs, uh, you oh. know, just a voice from nowhere coming out, whether it's on a tape or if you hear it disembodied or anything. Did you guys yeah. have any personal experience with that or suspecting it might be in your evidence someplace? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was. Oh, can I say something? Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Um, I was a little nervous. Um, I, I've been through this kind of stuff like 20 over 20 years ago. I was a little nervous getting back in, into it uh, for this uh, house. I've been physically attacked before. I've been, I dare, I dare to say, I was temporarily possessed before. Um, just by what other people have told me, the people I was with. So I was a little nervous about getting back into it. And there was a, um, we're up in the middle bedroom again. And Jim had said I had all these orbs uh, surrounding me. And I was up there with Chris and he told me to move to the right or the left. And so I moved on the bed and they just, they, they were like following me around. Mm -hmm. So we went downstairs into the library and I guess they were, what, they were coming through the floor mm -hmm. and then surrounding me again. And I started getting ner a little nervous and I, actually started getting uh anxious you know mm -hmm. almost like having a panic attack right so i had a little vial of holy water around my neck and i opened it up and kind of blessed myself because i was getting a little antsy to say the least and uh so i blessed myself and i don't i think that's another reason maybe why i didn't get a lot of you know what other people had that night as as uh, experiences go mm -hmm. Um, and then there were, well, there was a, a little side note. There was a little t a time when Jim and I were in the, the far right bedroom sitting on the edge of the bed. And oh yeah. That table. was fun. 
there's a table sitting next to the bed with a little drawer in it. And it sounded like it opened and slammed while we were sitting right there. Um, Do you remember I that think time? I have to interrupt here. That was the middle bedroom. No, no, it was Are the you, far right. Was it? When you, yep. When you go up oh. from the kitchen. Over the kitchen because I was sitting in yep. between you guys well, and I grabbed both your legs. I'm like, okay, what did you guys do? <laughs> I could have swore that was the middle bedroom. My bad. So, okay, getting back to the, the EVP thing. So right. I think the the fact that I, because when Jim was doing the ovulus, and I'll, I'll let him tell you what it said, but it said some things, kid is a kid. One of the things it said was fear. And pray. I thought maybe it was referring to when I when I blessed myself because it wasn't happy with it. The fact that I blessed myself. I don't know. Maybe it's just me reading into it. But then it said something else afterward that kind of I was a little unnerved about. But go ahead, Jim. Um, yeah. OK, so let me preface that by saying I don't actually own a physical ovulus. Right. This was the iOvilus software that's made by the same company. That and, I, and I forget the uh, Ovilus, Which which one is that? Is that the one that scans radio frequencies, or is that the one that has a dictionary built in dictionary. and you know goes with the um, uh, the the, the uh, computer voice? It's just a dictionary, um, and it'll spout out certain words, but nothing in any structure. It's like this, that, and the other. Okay. Um, so we started, and this was purely an experiment because I was skeptical about the software anyway. And as Jeff said, fear came up. Okay, you know, that's just a random word. And what was the other one you said, Jeff? Prayer. Or it was prayer or pray? Pray. Okay, pray came up. Okay, and we kind of just played that one off too. But... Then, oh, um, sorry. I'm sorry. It also said uh, shoes and then remove. Yeah. But then it said something that unnerved not only me, but definitely Jeff as well. And it said legion. Legion. Well, it's pronounced it phonetically, but. Right. But it was legion. And we both looked at each other like, uh-oh. After it said that, it said 100. You do the math. Listeners, do you find any of that interesting? You're talking about 100 demons compose legion. Legion, we are many for we are one. These, these are disconcerting to us, but uh, everybody had protection. Um, except for me, by the way. Except for uh, Though my daughter said I had it in spirit form. Um, everybody else had some form of protection on. Uh, we made sure of that. And to the best of my knowledge, nobody took anything home. I've heard no complaints from anybody on the team. Um, you know, I, I would love oh, to. Oh, and we did take precautions to keep that from happening, by the way. We are not amateurs at what we do so do illnesses count um what kind of illness are you referring to i don't know if i want to say it over there <laughs> oh okay we'll talk later all right i mean it's not i mean i've had a cold but i can explain my cold 
I work at a convenience store. <laughs> In and out of the cooler. I have right now I'm going through an illness that technically my doctor thinks I should be in the hospital right now. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, did you take anything from the property? I don't think so. I mean, I didn't associate it with anything. No. Did you take anything personal? Uh, oh, no. Not that no, I know of. No. Just dirt on my shoes. That's about it. No. I wanted to bet that wasn't related to it. Right. You know, to, to sum it all up, I think it was a great time. I think it was a great investigation. Um, they're very cordial in helping us out and explaining the rules. And, you know, quite frankly, you had the run of the house and I could plug up electricity wherever I needed it. You're a time warp. Oh, oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we, we've talked about <clears throat> center of the house. This is, a, you know, it keeps coming up. So the middle bedroom upstairs now, and I hate the upstairs because the ceiling is six feet. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's six foot four, by the way. Right. So it's, it's real fun to walk up there, but I got up to the middle bedroom in the center of the house and I sat down. And I sat there, and the next thing I know, I'm on my back, and I've got Chris in my ear on the walkie-talkie going, Jim, Jim, are you awake? So I sit up, you know, clear my head, and she goes, what happened? I said, what are you talking about? I said, I was just sitting here. She goes, that was like eight minutes ago. We watched you on the camera laying back, but you're moving like you were still awake, so we didn't pay any attention to it. It was 10 minutes. Okay, 10 minutes. Um, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember laying back. All I remember is sitting down on the edge of the bed and then sitting up when she woke me up. I don't know where those 10 minutes went. Well, the, um, what's her name? The daughter, right? She was talking about people have gone up there and have spent like a whole hour up there and thinking they're only there for 10 minutes. Right. You know, I, and I only lost 10 minutes. I mean, I, that was weird. We wouldn't let you go. <clears throat> Excuse me. We wouldn't let you go for more than 10 minutes. Right. Because I went by myself, which we were trying not to do. Well, that's one of the team's rules, but you insisted. As being the leader. Well, you know, I've got that privilege. No, you don't, but we'll just that <laughs> later. I'm the boss. So, um, all right. Anyways, you want to wrap it up? So, should we, should we talk about the rest of the library with Shauna? Go ahead. Oh, Mike. the hair movement. Yeah. Yeah. We were, me and Here. Jim were sitting in the, uh, well, me and Jim were sitting in with the monitor watching the cameras while uh, uh, Shauna and Jeff were in the library. And it was weird because I look at Jim and I'm like, dude, look at that. What is that? And he's like, what? I'm like, dude, something's moving Shauna's hair. And Shauna has hair that goes about halfway down her back, but she had it in a ponytail. And you could see the right side over her right shoulder, a little bit of her hair, like, 
moving up in the air, not just like by static, but it was like actually moving. And we got on the radio and said, Hey, Shauna's hair is moving. So then Chris goes in there and nothing happened for about 10 seconds. And then, Hey, Shauna's hair is moving again. And 10 seconds goes by all of a sudden you see Shauna bolt out of that room. I don't know who was faster, Chris or Shauna bolting out of that room at the two different times. Um, but, but, but it was, but then Shauna came into the kitchen where me and Jim were and everybody followed. And she's like, dude, something just blew in my ear. And it's like, you know, and nobody was around her to do that. There were no fans, no windows were open or nothing. And it's like, you know, it, it, it all in all my experience, it's like, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, I got scratched. I thought, Hey, I rubbed up against something, but it was too identical to gems, you know, hearing the bangs, you know, seeing everything on camera, seeing the orbs and, you know, everything it was, it was very different. I had a very different feeling, right? Like when we pulled up to the house, I had this really different feeling. Like it wasn't a dark feeling, but it was more like a ominous. Like, yeah, it was, it, it, it was different. It's very hard to explain, but, <laughs> and then when we went into the house and we, and like Jim said, and Jim and Chris and everybody said that we did the um, tour with our tour guides, Madison, Madison, and, thank you. Let's give them and, credit where the credits do. And I can't remember names. And when we uh, were doing all that, it's like you know, I was, I was, I was feeling something. You know, I heard things, and it, it, it was, it was, it was an experience. It was a once in a lifetime experience. You know, I, I, I think people should go see it. I mean, and people stay in that house. Like people can stay the night in that house. Uh, I don't recommend it like sleeping in there. We did it. We didn't sleep. The only person that slept was Jim. We could have. I no, thank you. I don't want something messing with my gorgeous hair. <laughs> oh my god! But but Jim, you take off, buddy. You know, do your thing, man. So, I, know you guys, I know you guys have done investigations of other places. Would you say this was the most active place you've ever been to or the most convincing investigation you've conducted? So far, yes. That's, I'd have to disagree to a degree. That's my opinion. What about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is next on our list? Well, you know, there is that too, but it's a, it's a close one. I've been to a cleansing of a house in West Hartford, actually with the Warrens um, themselves and Tony Sparrow, you know, their son-in-law. And not much happened there. I mean, they said everything, all hell broke loose the night before we were there. Um, as I said in the other, the other podcast, I was upstairs in the dark with a videographer and um, all the lights were out, and Ed went around the house doing religious provocation. And <clears throat> after that, he left. All the smoke detectors in the house went off at the same time. And it turned out that their son-in-law, Tony, was just going around the house with the burning, uh, with burning incense. 
So it was kind of a, you know, oh, oh, here it is. Oh, you know, one of those things. But um, that that's nothing compared to uh, The Conjuring House by far. Okay, let's be cheesy for a second. On a scare factor of one to ten, what would you give it, Jeff? Um, in the library, I was scared. During the uh, ovulus thing, I was scared. Other than that, it was exciting. But uh, scare level, maybe a seven, eight, seven. Mikey, I think I know what you're going to say, but what do you think? Basement? No way. Ten. <laughs> More than ten. Um, you know, it, it's hard. I would say about a eight okay. for the whole, the whole actual uh, building, for the whole house. I would say eight. Fair enough. Jim? I was going to give it a solid eight. Cool. There you go. Folks, give us your opinion. Check it out. How about you, Chris? What do you rate it? I'm an unfair rater here. <laughs> I didn't have any personal experiences. I think I expected a lot more. But I think I also had a spirit guide following me that protected me a lot more. So based on my gut feelings when I arrived on the property, I'd probably give it an eight based on what I witnessed of everybody else. Well, it sounds like you had a heck of a time out there. And I assume if you ever had the chance, you'd probably go back and do it again. But uh, you mentioned... You mentioned Waverly. Are you go? Is that your next stop for an investigation? That is our game plan uh, for next year. Uh, is, is to do the full overnight at the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Um, nice. We're I haven't decided on a date yet, but we're as soon as there's some times opened in the spring, we're going to book one. And it's probably going to be about 10 of us. And we're going to go investigate Waverly Hills Sanatorium finally. It's possible we have another team that's going to be joining us to do that as well. Right. Well, be sure and keep us updated on that like you have when you first got accepted to go and investigate the Conjuring House. Um, do you remember the website for people who might be part of a team that might want to come out and do an investigation of that? How can they get more information about the Conjuring House and how to possibly investigate. www.theconjuringhouse.com. And I stress theconjuringhouse.com. Um, normally, this is the part of the show where we call the plugs. But do any of you guys have something you'd like to plug? Mikey, anything like that, haunt related? Uh, haunt related, yeah. You know, I'm a member of uh, Mall of the Middle Actors United Legion and. Uh, we are doing uh, very well so far, and I would sincerely hope you guys check out the Haunt Backwoods Oddities, the last carnival out in Waverly, Ohio. It's about 40, oh no, excuse me, about an hour and a half from Cincinnati, Ohio. I would hope you guys would check it out. It's very good. It's a charity haunt. It's amazing. How about you, Jeff? Uh, we still got the charity haunts for the homeless. <laughs> um we're setting up in uh, Glastonbury this year. Uh, hopefully that's our new home. 
at uh, Cavana Farms in South Glastonbury for the last, uh, what, four weekends in October. Um, so come on down and see that. And also, I'm working on a project now for Dan Rivera and Tony Sparrow. Um, they're going to be at Mohegan Sun Casino uh, for a Paracon on October 29th. And they are bringing some objects from the uh, Warren's Occult Museum with them, including Annabelle, um, for that as well. So that's uh, October 29th, Mohegan Sun Casino. Very nice. Chris, you got anything? I would have to second the Backwoods Oddities. Excellent. They're, they're good people over there, according to Jim. And Jim, do you uh, have a social media presence or a website for Truth Paranormal? Uh, Chris, is, our, is it public yet? The, uh, Truth Paranormal website, sorry. Is the Facebook page public or private? Hello? Currently, it is private, but I can make it public. Okay. So we're working on it. Okay. I'm sure you'll tell us otherwise when situations change but it's a fascinating story and i uh, would certainly like to hear more of it we'll maybe talk off the air about some of the other details but um we look forward to definitely hearing about your investigation of waverly whenever that comes down the road but of course we could not do the round table of terror without our good hosts with us including storm you heard it here everybody listeners everything in rhode island's haunted come here bring your tourism dollars enjoy we got haunted everything so you'll, you'll have the experience of a lifetime <laughs> what do you have that's haunted uh my kitchen might be haunted you know one of the founders of the state might be buried like in my backyard there's like a monument you know just down the block and you know there's there's all kinds of stuff everywhere you know this, that yeah it's every everything in new england is haunted because it's so freaking old they, we got viking ghosts dinosaur ghosts uh, american indian ghosts everything everything is here pilgrims it, it just it, hippies everything come to rhode island it's haunted that should be the new slogan that's awesome also couldn't do this especially without meat hook jim and his team well you know i'm a believer <laughs> And unfortunately, as I said before, the old crone, Jonna, could not be here tonight because she is working on getting Banshee Manor open for the season. So go visit Banshee Manor's website or social medias for information on that. My name is Drew Badger, and I want to, again, stress it is haunt season. Get out there and support your local haunts and those that might just be actually haunted. This is the Roundtable of Terror here on... The Big Scary Show.
Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts. Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so it's full blast of the haunt season. All the cool stuff is happening now. All the neat things, you know, the haunts are open, people are getting repped prepped up and going for it. There are big parties being planned, events left and right. You're seeing communities getting all excited and wild about it. Even the party poopers are getting crushed. You know, that lady who shut down the Stranger Things yard display, well, she got overruled, and that's opening back up again this weekend. So never fear. Halloween is out there in full scale. Everyone's getting into it, including real estate. Yeah, that's right. I found a little listing for a uh, house up in New Hampshire. You know, 1,300 foot, nice little bungalow, and, you know, it's got some neat things going. They had a good group of pictures, about 21 pictures in the uh, listing on Zillow. Then you take a closer look, and yes, there's something ominous lurking in the background of every single picture. Very perfectly done, added in there, you know, not by Photoshop, but somebody actually there and dressed and in full character, Michael Myers, standing there menacingly with a knife, usually creeping around a corner, peeking through a window, you know, just vaguely there. It is incredible, brilliant by this real estate. You know, my wife is like, well, why would they do that? I go, they're getting views. They're getting a ton of views in October. They're going to sell this house and for just a still fantastic amount as, you know, the... Uh, uh, housing market starts to level off here but this isn't a financial show no this is uh, the haunt minute so we're looking for this i want to see more you know get get more horror icons or or, or creepy things like that and it, it's done tasteful it isn't gory anything weird it's just a little creepy if you aren't looking for them you don't notice it at first there are a couple where it's pretty blatant you know when michael myers is sitting there on the bed and that type of thing but it is awesome it looks good and what a way to really get people talking about your house and get that in the news and looking at it. It's also a very lovely house uh, for, you know, New Hampshire especially. It's just, you know, all kinds of neat stuff happen there all year long, let, let alone Halloween and fall and tree peeping, all kinds of stuff. So get out there, get some killer real estate deals while you're celebrating um, Halloween and, 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 and enjoying all the haunts and everything that's out there and, you know, keep doing it all year round and, and do what this real estate company does. Keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunted Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com.
They came from another planet to destroy the Earth. Giant spiders, 30 feet tall, clawing, crushing, killing everything in their paths. Never before was anything like them seen on Earth. The government and the military were in shock. Could anyone stop them? Could anyone stop the giant spider invasion? It is approximately 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. We have seven days to go until our media VIP night. And the old crone is sitting here at our venue for Banshee Manor, sitting outside the castle walls. And I'm sitting here with my crone sister, Jude, our insane seamstress, Lillian, Hi. and our mad Viking, Fisher. So... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so my segment's going to be a little bit different tonight because like most of you if you've not opened yet you're getting ready to open up your haunt and it just doesn't leave a lot of time for everything else so I thought that we would discuss real quickly some of the things that goes into putting a haunt together whenever it's a mobile haunt or a modular haunt so what I mean by that is everything stays in my my garage stays in my house stays in my um my little, um, what's it called? Trailer. Trailer, thank you. See, my brain's dead. Until, until basically the last week of September, and then we do this mad dash to put everything together. Now, Fisher, you have been extremely implemental in the build the last several years. This is your fifth year with Banshee Manor, correct? I thought it was my fourth. Um, it may be the fourth. Yeah, it's my fourth year. Fourth year. Fourth so, year. um... Just, what are some of the things that we're having to do to, we... Line up paneling for, for the outside walls, mm -hmm. um, bracing it, and it, it takes lining up everything so it looks correct. So how do we do that? We number the walls. We do. We, so we have a pattern of our castle for the stonework on it to make sense. And yeah. So every year we number it. That way we know when we bring it back every time we can set it up properly. Yeah, so we and don't have to play like a jigsaw puzzle and say, oh, well, that rock doesn't match to that rock. Exactly, because that can be a pain in the butt. Yes. It, it really does make it easier to do things like that. If you're going to be doing these kind of haunts, you want to have a floor plan. Uh, but it doesn't hurt to have, like Donna does, the ability to adjust the inside uh -huh. to make it something you can do differently on the internals versus the externals. Exactly. So. And something that's interesting too with us is we can't put anything into the floor. So how do we make our walls super secure whenever we can't screw or nail or bolt anything to a cement floor? Um, well, I mean, one of the ways we do it is by bracing. Um, one thing you can do, and it's not putting it into it, but you drill a, you drill a screw through the panel down enough that it rests against it, so it acts like a brace. It, right. it, it acts like a doorstop kind of thing. It right. keeps it from sliding. Right. It doesn't have to drill through to hold in. And if you line it up with the crack in between the concrete, you can drill it just a little bit more, so it's just sticking in like a pin. 
It's not puncturing anything. It's not damaging the ground, mm -hmm. but it allows it to hold it in place. Right, because whenever we leave our venue in November, we have to make sure that everything is basically as if we were never here. Exactly. Um, because we don't want to damage stuff and, and things like that. So, so you used a word, which a lot of people call a force letter word, and that is plan. So my crone sister, Jude, we are also roommates, and she um, she's my sounding board a lot for the planning. So Jude, talk a little bit about how the planning process, just sometimes anything can inspire us. And talking it's never the, ending. It's never ending. <laughs> we, uh, as soon as we get done with one hunt, we start talking about, oh, what if we did this next time? And uh, so we talk about that, and we'll go, like, see a play or we'll watch a movie, and we're like, what if we did this? Mm -hmm. Could we do that? How hard would it be? How much would it cost? Can we do it? And we also, um, you know, I'm a big list maker, That's and I'm also an overthinker, which can be very handy in these cases because you have when you overthink every scenario, you can adjust on the fly sometimes. But there's... You have to prioritize, don't you, as things that has to be done. And then as you start getting closer to the dead time, deadline, some like, well, you know, we're not going to be able to do this. What and, can we cut out? Yeah, what can you cut out so you have to prioritize and, and things like that. So planning is critical in almost every step of the way in not just designing your rooms, but how the logistics how do we get everything down here, getting workers here, um, how we put it together, how we take it apart, how we store it, and things like that. <laughs> now, Miss Lillian, this is your first year with Banshee Manor. It is, it is. And it's also your first year of, first time ever working in a haunt. Yeah. Okay. So, tell me what possessed you to do this. Oh, gosh. I've kind of always just had an interest in, like, scare acting and obviously I do theater makeup so uh, it was kind of just something that logically I was like oh that would be really fun to do <laughs> and so, you and I, you and I actually met several months ago yeah a while so ago. you were one of the first new hires for the season <gasps> yay yeah, and and her her uh, her excitement about doing this was quite infectious and and quite endearing so what are you doing towards um, getting ready for your character the insane seamstress Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've tried some different makeups, but I don't know quite what we're going for with that yet. Um, otherwise, I've kind of just been studying up on my accent. <laughs> That's good, because we do, we do a Scottish theme, so yeah. we try to get everyone to get an accent. It's not always Scottish, but, you know. Close enough, yeah. It's close it's enough. We've got a couple with some pretty good British. It's, yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> well, the nice thing about Banshee Manor is everyone came to Banshee Manor, and they got stuck here. So, you know, there's people from all over the place, so, you know, accents would be all over the place, too. Well, and if you're scared enough, there's no reason to go, wait a second. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You sound a little bit more Northern Irish than yeah, Scottish. I'm um, not quite sure that, uh, that scales <laughs> out for the ancient, ancient world. Well, and you're, this is also your first time ever helping with the build. Yes. And um, just kind of explain how valuable it is to, to have people um, who help with the build as well as as acting or as well as doing makeup oh gosh I can't say I've been super helpful in that aspect you have I've, I've tried to show up but I haven't been putting in as much time as I'd like to into this build um, but it's kind of just crazy to see like everything go up so fast I feel like 
the amount of hands that we have is the reason why everything is kind of just popping up. Because it feels like every time I come, there's like entire new sections that are up or entire new sections that are being worked on for something different. And I'm just like, yeah, sure, I'll screw whatever. <laughs> oh, well, you may want to rephrase that. She's beginning to enjoy learning how to use power tools and how to do construction and oh stuff. Gosh. Okay. I've done theater construction, but this is another level for sure. It, it definitely is. But, well, I think we are, um, I appreciate my, my spontaneous guests that I just kind of threw this at them. We are tired. We're getting ready to call it a night. And I hope you enjoyed this little discussion. And until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live on the road, way out in the middle of nowhere, but there's a great haunt out in the middle of nowhere, Lawndale, North Carolina, home of the Haunted Pyramids. Been coming to this place for many, many years. I love this place, love the atmosphere. Walked in here, the fog was already going before they opened, the screams, the chainsaws were warming up. It's just beautiful going through haunts during haunt season, especially outdoor haunts. I got Tony Cook, the owner of the Haunted Pyramids. How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic, Drew, man. I hope you are. Oh, we're having a grand old time. You know, they had the Jeepers Creepers guy out here. We talked to him. We're having a good time talking to you and seeing all the people running out of your several different attractions that you got here, getting pictures with the uh, Creeper car and everything. It's it's so happy that haunt season's finally here. Yes, sir, I agree. And also, we have an escape room based on the Monsters uh, TV show it was designed by Butch Patrick that played Eddie Monster, who's the Tin Man in the new Rob Zombie Monsters movie. Huh. And I have bought the Dragula car from Butch himself, and it's here every night also. Oh, man, because the Dragula car is always a pleasant thing. I saw it at Carolina Fear Fest yes, sir. when you had a booth out there back in Raleigh, back in, in the spring here. So that's what it is. That's You set that up over there, and now you got an actual escape room going on over there. Yes, sir, we sure do. It's a two-room, uh, five-puzzled escape room. Oh, geez, that sounds complicated. I'm probably, I'd probably get locked in for life. <laughs> but for people who come out here, you know, and you've been doing this now for 25, 25 years. 25 years. Congratulations on hitting a milestone. What can people expect when they come out here? I, know, I see you've done a few changes here from over the years. You used to have the manor, now you have the mill and some other stuff. But what's going on here at the Haunted Pyramids in 2022? Everything this year. We have more celebrity guests than we've ever had before. With Naomi Grossman, uh, Pepper from American Horror Story, four different nights. John Rinky from the Tiger King is going to be here. Uh, Brett Wagner from uh, the Leatherface. Um, we got... Uh, I've got Ari, Ari Lehman. Ari Lehman's Butch Badge is going to be here with the coach car for two nights, and I'll have Dragula here. So it's a rare opportunity to have photo ops with Butch, Coach, and Dragula. Oh, will be man. awesome. I, I'm going to have to come out here more than once this year, it looks like. So, you know, I always enjoy coming out here. But how many attractions do you have this year, and uh, what's changed? Oh, there's uh, five different haunts here, plus the escape room. We always change up a couple rooms in every haunt every year. And like I said, we've changed up one haunt totally this year, from Monster Manor to the Monster Mill, where we turn you into monsters. Oh, I've always wanted to become a monster. Well, but there you go. We, we won't discuss that further. But uh, for people who may be traveling through the area, doing some leaf watching, or if you're traveling down to I-85 or I-40, you're about halfway in between out here in 
rural Cleveland County. You're kind of near Shelby. Yes. You're kind of near not much else, yeah. but it is definitely worth the trip coming I out. I tell everybody Lawndale's not the end of the world, but you can see it from here. <laughs> Uh, no doubt, but it is a beautiful place to be here, and of course, the moon is out now, the fog is obscuring it, it's a gorgeous night to go visit a haunt, but if you're out somewhere in western North Carolina during October, do you have a website, social yeah, media with directions, because you're definitely going to need directions to get out yes. here, but it's Honey definitely worth the trip. Com, Facebook, Haunted Pyramids, yes, we're, uh, we're all over the place. Hauntedpyramids.com, i got to ask you, because I've never asked you. How did you come up with the name Haunted Pyramids? It's a little unusual. It is. I don't know. <laughs> I noticed that when you pull into the entrance, you got these two giant stone pyramids. Yeah. But actually, I, I had a recording studio here for 20 years, and I called it Pyramid Recording Studio. So I just kept the name because nobody else had a haunt called Pyramids. So I thought I would do that. And, and ironically, there's not an Egyptian theme here. There's one room now. Okay. Now finally, <laughs> finally. And my mummy's here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that as well. But once again, folks, look for hauntedpyramids.com. Look for haunted pyramids on all the socials. This is a fun, fun oh, there goes the flames. Yeah. This is a fun haunt and, and something you might not know about Tony Cook is he is a special effects artist in movies, TV, and a heck of a pyrotechnic artist. And if you've never seen a giant ball of flame erupt like five feet away from you, you need to come out here and have it done. It's it's spectacular to watch. Well, thank you, Drew. Yeah, I've been 38 years doing special effects in the movie business. Hellraiser 3, Chill in the Corn 2, The Purge. I mean, uh, The Walking Dead, uh, the sequel, The World Beyond, did that one too. Many more, Talladega Nights, Paul Bartball Cop. The list goes on and on. Your your IMDb, IMDb page is impressive at that. But once again, folks, we're out here live at the Haunted Pyramids in Lawndale, North Carolina. My name is Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show. It's haunt season, folks. Get out there and support them, and we're out. Thank you, Drew. I didn't put too bad. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane. <laughs> Only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Neil Zaza, the carnival of the animals, on the Big Scary Show.
yourself. If they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Boncaron.com. V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N.com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.